0: All right, we got two weeks till the Super Bowl. I know you're going to watch the Pro Bowl uh, brand-new contests and things that everybody is going to do. And
1: Is that the flag? F- Are they having the flag football that's game one, for that?
0: that? That's one of them, they yeah. They didn't
1: learn their lesson with Robert Edwards several years ago when he tore his knee up in a flag football game. So what I brought
0: up to people that nobody remembered, and I even watched that oh, yeah, live. It, I mean, it was in the sand. Yeah. But still, still. It's flag football, you think that, like,
1: Tyreek Hill's not going to play hard in a... Try to outrun everybody in a flag football game. like,
0: And all of a sudden, trip and fall and blow his knee out. I, that was my immediate thought when they brought up flag football. I went, oh, yeah, I remember that really good running back from Georgia on the beach. Yeah, Dude, I, honestly, you know what would interest me more? Okay. Legends flag football. Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, Legends flag football. Oh, I want... I want uh, Kurt I want,
0: Russell and Robin want, Williams out there reliving yeah, their...
1: Let me get, like, Kurt Warner... Quarterback in one team. Let me get—I don't know. Peyton Manning can't throw anymore. Let's say Eli throwing again for the other team, and you know, a couple of wide receivers. Like a—you don't think Greg Jennings could run a route? Not that he's a legend, but you know, you don't think a guy his age could run a route? I mean, he's 39 years old. Like that would be more entertaining to me than watching these guys that I hope don't destroy their careers. I don't care if Eli's arm falls off at this point. <laughs> You know, he
0: could still do the the TV thing after. I mean, that. it'd be sure. great if you could get like,
1: you know, Steve Young and Montana out right, there, but those course. guys might be a little too old.
0: No. And so, some of these wide receivers that I'm, I doubt they don't would think be able T.O.,
1: to. You don't think T.O. would want to show up at 46 years old and put on a show in a flag football game?
0: You'd have to tell a lot of those guys, like probably six months in advance, you're going to the thing because I bet they'd bust their ass yeah. to, get, to get in shape. I think so. Yeah. That, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. I am curious about the other like events or showcasing skills and all that other stuff. Yeah, I won't watch a second of it. I know you won't. it's crap.
1: <laughs> it's it, it's it's I I mean I I guess I get it from the from the healing up perspective, but we don't need 2 weeks between these games. No, no never have, never will.
0: Never have. No.
1: It's, uh, it's the been, only excuse is that hey we'd like everybody to be as close to hundred percent as we can. I I get that part, but other than that, it, it's it's just a dog and pony show, and it just drags it out.
0: And they have they've used it as an excuse to put something else in the middle that nobody watched. Yeah, ever.
1: I mean, even the stuff that like is supposed to be an event like Super Bowl media day, like it was cool, like back in the 90s Mm -hmm. but nobody gives a shit anymore
0: not right now certainly it certainly doesn't seem like it like a lot of the a lot of the radio guys go to the go to the super bowl venue and they do radio row and there's a lot of like b-list celebrities that just show up and wander from table to table wanting to get i mean that's kind of cool like here's
1: our you know josh jumel is going to be on the jim rome show right (laughs) and it's like like, all right i I, I like josh jumel
0: okay i guess i'll listen but but then he'll go from there to another yeah, table to another table, and, to another table to another table. Like, that's just that's just what that day is. And I've I've seen videos of the room where it's like you and I are right here. And about three feet away is another show talking just as loud. I know. I don't know I, how they don't get all the background in there. They must, a, I don't know. It's, unbe- it's unbelievable. Must have like, some pretty good dudes filtering stuff out. How much, how many, and like they got big signs, like identifying their stations. It's like the guys in the NFL draft that are up front, like, like holding their flags. Right. You know, w- with the different teams and how crammed in they are. But I would like to go just, just to see the setups of the, like the type of equipment and just kind of see how they manage all the chaos. Cause I'm sure it's unbelievably chaotic. You're just in that room with a bunch of different radio people, all egomaniacs, trying to schedule guests before the other guys do mm-hmm. um and they got some dude out there just hustling yeah hustling in the crowd oh, trying, yeah, yeah, over here yeah to grab people. exactly so super bowl is uh is set and the nfc championship game i gotta be honest i lost i lost complete interest in that probably about midway through the third quarter
1: oh it took you that long it did Took me to about halfway through the first quarter when they brought in Josh Johnson to play quarterback. I thought, well, this is over.
0: Then I was like, oh, Christian McCaffrey's going to play quarterback. This should be interesting. That wound up not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, Philly knocks off San Francisco 31-7. I just don't know how in this day and age you can run out of quarterbacks. I, I I've never seen that, especially when you're in a chance to go to A title game. Well, I I was reading
1: some stuff about
0: um, the
1: the rule of there's you can't have an emergency quarterback anymore or something got changed in like 2011 where you used to be able to have an emergency quarterback but they changed the roster limit and most teams use the extra player as a different position. Sure, there's there's some there's some funky rule that got changed that I saw some people say in the NFL needed to bring back and allow teams to carry an extra quarterback especially in the playoffs but yeah I mean once once you get once the 49ers get to their
0: fourth stringer
1: you're done and then when that guy gets knocked out of the game and you have to bring in the injured guy who literally can't throw
0: literally said after the game he could not throw more than 10 yards yeah well
1: and we found out today he has a torn UCL and he's gonna miss six months
0: that'd do it so Yeah, The UCL in your throwing uh, arm is not, it's kind of mandatory to.
1: I felt really bad for him yesterday because I had had, uh, mixed emotions when I was watching it because you saw the replay and he got hit on the elbow and there was a lot of torque. He Mm -hmm. was throwing forward and and it got pulled back, but he didn't seem to be in any pain. And they showed the clip of him telling Shanahan that he couldn't go. And he was taking a decent amount of shit on online about it. It immediately gave me Jay Cutler flashbacks <laughs> to the to the twenty ten mm-hmm. uh, conference championship game when it didn't appear that he got hurt and then all of a sudden he was just out. And you're kinda like, wait a minute, why is he not playing? Um but then you find out that he has this devastating injury that is just you just can't play through, um, and uh, you know I hope the uh, I hope all the people yesterday that were ragging on him are like okay, well this it's, dude was legitimately right. injured. Yeah. you know there's a difference between hurt and injured. He was injured. Yes,
0: and um, my arm phys- won't physically let me throw the ball. Yeah, I mean I, <sighs> I it's not something I could just overcome with uh, you know a shot and some toughness.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's hard to criticize in that situation, the 49ers. Like, I, I mean, really, what are you supposed to do? I mean, could you have just gone straight Wildcat with McCaffrey and Debo and just try to – but, like, is that really going to work? That's what they said was
0: going to happen. You know? That's that, what that's what they were going to do. that's not going to work. No,
1: well. You know?
0: I mean, is, is it is it is that better or is – your guy not being able to throw more than ten yards better. Which I mean, which at least you have a dynamic dude that can run. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, I would say, probably could throw the ball ten yards just as well as Brock Purdy could at that point hurt. I, I'd at least be willing to take a chance. If my quarterback says I don't, I just I'm don't not throwing I, more than ten yards. Yeah,
1: I don't know that he you trust him to read the defense. I mean, physically could he throw it farther than ten yards, yes. But
0: Probably you know, gonna throw
1: three interceptions. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh yeah, it just it stunk. It ended up being a terribly crappy game. Um but oh. I mean listen, Philadelphia is very good. They got a lot of talent. That offense is extremely dynamic. They got two stud wideouts, they got a, a quarterback who's really found his groove with between the throwing and, and the and the scrambling. And they they broke the record for most rushing touchdowns in a season with like forty. And it was a record that had stood for like kind of hundred years. It was really old record. And, so and like, not,
0: and, and we're in a passing
1: league. So this is this is a very very well balanced, well rounded team that I think, you know, everybody probably slept on them a little bit because of how mediocre the NFC was. I mean, shit, when the Vikings were the two seed for ninety percent of the season, right? And then the two seed ends up being the Niners with a third stringer. Um, so I think. I think Philly's really good. The Niners, they got a debacle on their hands now. Um, Yeah,
0: I was talking about this at work with some people.
1: So, six months out takes you to July.
0: That's the end end of of July. End of July. So,
1: yeah, you're already into training camp by the time Purdy's even back. Um, You know, Trey Lance had the broken ankle, second. Lower leg surgery for him. How long is it going to take him to get back? Garoppolo is a free agent. Um, you know, do and 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 even just with those two, is it an is it going to be an open competition? Did Purdy do enough to earn the to earn the first rights to lose the job? Are you going to just shove Trey Lance back in there because you gave up all the capital to get him?
0: That's what my gut tells me any general manager would do. Just because they like to double down on the moves that they have made and make it not seem like to the public eye that they made a mistake. And they're willing to just, you know, eat it. That's what I think.
1: If it was a a general manager who wasn't a former player, I think I would tend to agree with that.
0: But because it's Lynch? I think
1: John Lynch, who... Probably appreciates the hell out of what Brock Purdy did. Might give him the right of, to lose the job. Yeah, if you if you if you get beat out, you get beat out. You know, I don't think that anything should be set in stone that he's earned or is you know has the job. But they now become another team in the mix. I think for a draft trade, depending on what you're looking at, because. They don't have a first-round pick, but they do have some guys they could move. I mean, you know, if you think Trey Lance still has first-round value, could you trade him to the Jets? Could you trade him to Indy? Somebody that's looking for a quarterback? Maybe maybe Indy's too high. I don't think you could get the fourth pick for him, but you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, did somebody see enough out of Purdy to want to take a chance? You know, I, I don't know. Obviously... Rodgers is going to come up. I don't think there's a chance in hell the Packers would ever trade him to the 49ers. I just don't think they would. I don't think they're going to trade him to anybody in the NFC, period.
0: That's, that's what's been and reported. I certainly
1: don't think they're going to trade him to the team that keeps beating them. I
0: just don't think. I had that. Uh, yeah, that was one of the points that came up.
1: That's me. just one of those things. I don't, I don't feel that's possible. Brady? Eh, maybe. It's from there. Never gets hurt. I got McCaffrey behind me. I got Debo out wide, and I got a legit defense. Kickass defense. I mean, yeah. you kind—it's kind of Tampa from three years ago. Mm-hmm.
0: Again, I agree. I totally agree. Um, yeah, the starting situation is interesting just because of the two incumbents, and and we'll, and like you said, what the general manager is going to do there. Purdy's under. You know, another three years for a contract because rookies give four. Only first rounders get fifth year options. So, uh. you know, it's always an interesting thing that we
1: as fans really never know. Is like, what do the other thirty one general managers? What do they think about Trey Lance? Forget the forget the fact that he's been hurt. Like, do they see him as a potential Jalen Hurts? type of player or Justin Fields type of player? Or do they go, "Ah, dude, the guy's played like five games in four years. He played at some rinky dink lower level. I mean, what do we even, what do we like to trade for him? What do we even, what are we even, what are we trading for?
0: I think it would depend on the team situation. Um, But I always think it's, it's interesting when, when I see, players that are talked about and you know they're in reports and some guy always says I you know I talked to one general manager in the AFC who looked at the quarterbacks and I wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole and then you get I talked to one general manager in the NFC we really like him and we think the world of him right right how are you guys so far away yeah from, from your evaluation of a guy. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm sure it's like that in the draft That everybody's pouring over everybody, and I'm sure there's a lot of analytics and other, like, intangibles that go into that. But it's like, here's a guy that you've watched play since, what, week 13 or was it week 11? Whatever it was. But it's like, you now have tape. How are you so far apart on what you think the guy's value is? Yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'd just be curious. Like, yeah. what are you seeing that I'm not and vice versa?
1: You know, and, and does somebody get desperate?
0: I mean, do, That's do, what do, I mean.
1: Do you get to draft day and you're Tennessee and you got the 14th pick or whatever and the top three quarterbacks are gone, you know you're not getting Rodgers or Brady, do you call the Niners and try to get Trey Lance? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. What do you want
0: for him? Name your price. We'll see what we can do. We'll give you
1: our 14th pick in next year's first. And and if you're the Niners, you're like, well, we can recoup some of what we gave up for him. And we've got Purdy in the in the bank here. And maybe we can still go out and get somebody. It's, about, it's an interesting dilemma, man. Think about
0: all that that you just described and all the conversations that need to be had in about 14 and a half minutes. Yeah. That's all you get. Yeah. Before you Well if if you
1: if you're waiting till the last second. It's like, oh
0: shit, we just had our last guy get taken, now we're on the clock. Mm -hmm. Now what do we do? Yeah. And all of a sudden the wheels start spinning. You know? That's it's one of the things I love about the draft because you you just wonder what is going on in those war rooms like you just described. I think that would be fascinating to be a fly on the wall and and hear some of those conversations.
1: And I I feel like watching the games these last couple weeks, like I really only think there's about maybe a third of the league that shouldn't be actively looking for a quarterback. I think the other two thirds, even a team like, even a team like a Minnesota, where it's like, yeah, Cousins is a a quality starter, but like they should be thinking about drafting a quarterback. Why not? Or you know, if they could get, you know, if the, if if their front office people really liked a Trey Lance, go get him. Like I. Like, so many of these teams, you just look around the league and you're like, that guy's not very good. Their situation's bad. You know, they kind of got two quarterbacks, which usually means you don't have any. You know, you this guy, you know, Zach Wilson's a flame-out and Joe Flacco's 40. And, like, <laughs> I, you know, some of these teams are a mess.
0: It's interesting, though, that more often than not, they wait, like, Ted Thompson always got the, the label of punching the ticket too soon rather than waiting too late. You know, he made the move on a guy. Instead of waiting for him to flame out, he traded him a year or two early. Belichick, same kind of
1: deal, yeah. But it feels
0: like with some of these quarterbacks, they wait and they wait and they wait just to see, like, are we finally at the end of our rope with this guy before? But think of how much capital you've wasted Mm. or years that you've wasted and other guys' careers that you've wasted seeing if somebody's going to work out. Yeah. Yeah. Until you finally be like, well, I guess we got to do something. Right. And even then, it's not totally all in. It's kind of like with a hesitancy. Well, we still have this guy, and he's won some games, but he's lost some games. Like, they're, they're so hesitant to just say, you know what? Fuck it. We're pulling nope. the trigger. Yeah. We're just getting rid of this guy, and we're starting fresh. Yep. But those are the. That I feel like those are the general managers that are always. They're just always afraid to do.
1: That. Well, it's hard. It's 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 easier to change the coaching staff because you can always oh, blame course. it on them and say, he, "Well, he the system like, wasn't right for our player. He
0: didn't want that quarterback."
1: And and you never want to be the guy who you know cut Rich Gannon three times, cut Kurt Warner. You know th- those guys probably don't didn't sleep real well during those runs, you know what I mean? Mm. So it's easy for us to say, yeah, I just, you know, move on from, you know, Taylor Heineke, but it's like, well, they <laughs> like him, he's good, the players like him and whatnot, but it's like, yeah, but you guys still need to be drafting a quarterback. Cause that guy's not winning a Super Bowl. You don't have the requisite everything else. Right. And even when you do, even as good as the 49ers, everything else is, they couldn't overcome the lack of a quarterback, and you know, if Purdy doesn't get hurt, do they win that game? Maybe I doubt it, though. I just think Philadelphia was better.
0: Yeah, I would. I, I would agree. Um Fourth quarter, San Francisco kind of got a little butt hurt about about some stuff. You yeah, had, you had texted me, and I think it was not long after. Was it just that when Trent Williams just freaking whipped that guy to the ground, or was it that before was kind or of the,
1: that was kind of the last straw? Yes, it was. But there was there yeah, there were like three or four other things. Um that was just bush league by them just cheap trying to trying to start shit there was i think one was on like a punt return they were like yanking the eagle guy off and it's just like dude all you did was tackle him relax but it was like right in front of the 49er bench so there's like 60 guys around two people it's like hey man relax you know but uh yeah williams Uh, then they showed a, I saw another clip today of a post game when he was on the Redskins where he punched Richard Sherman in the face, which I like that. Um, but this one, this one, when you are getting your ass kicked in the middle of the NFC championship game, just, you know, come on, man, come on.
0: They probably wanted to get the game over with Philly was fucking with them. And it's like, God damn it. I want to get out of here. Mm -hmm. Leave me alone. You know, and they probably, but again, you need to be a little bit more composed than that. Well, especially
1: when you're somebody like that who's been around. Take your lumps. You know.
0: Right. I get it. It's probably hard, but, no, you can't. You can't be doing that kind of stuff. The AFC game was, was I thought, very entertaining. Um, a gimpy Mahomes against Burrow. Um, yeah, but was he gimpy? Was he?
1: Didn't seem gimpy to me. I see
0: him hopping around, but then when he turned it on, he turned it on. Yeah,
1: well, you know, everybody likes to play for the cameras.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Uh, you know, right. I don't. If you're out there, I don't care. This is how I am when it comes to this stuff. Like, if you're going to play, don't tell. It's like, you know, it's like a Packer fan. Oh, Aaron Rodgers playing with a broken thumb. Well, then he shouldn't have fucking played. <laughs> Sorry. Shouldn't have played. If you're going to play, then I assume you're fine to play.
0: Mm-hmm. So, um, refereeing seemed to be the story above all else from the AFC Championship game. Um, I know there was a late call on that last drive that, uh, Mahomes got pushed out of bounds, slid into the bench. And then the guy who did it slid into the bench and cracked his knee. I don't know how bad he's hurt, but that gave Kansas City an extra 15 yards knocked in the field goal game over.
1: So initially I hated the call in real time. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? They were going to call that. Then I saw the replay. He was out of bounds. He did push him. I think Patrick Mahomes certainly embellished it. Okay. Um, but, you know, that, that was just another one of those plays in football that drive you crazy because I think I think what you're asking some of these football players to do, especially in its majority of the defense, defensive guys, I think what you're asking them to do is slightly unreasonable. There's 10 seconds left in the AFC Championship game. And you're chasing Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. You've never run as fast as this in your life. It's the biggest moment of your life. All you're trying to do is get him on the ground. And you're supposed to realize his right foot is on the boundary when you push him. It's just like some of these some of these roughing the passer things. Like I'm I'm getting pulled by a three hundred and thirty pound offensive tackle as I'm trying to get to the quarterback and now you're gonna critique how I land. I just think it's impossible for some of this stuff and to expect some of these players to be able to recognize this stuff in real time. You know, and I get it. It's it's the letter of the law. I get it's the rule, but, man, it's just you hate to see – because it ended the game. Correct. I mean, you got to say, well, the guy's still got to make the kick. Well, he's going to make 95% of this. You know.
0: So I, I would compare it to the targeting calls or the blows to the – leading with the head, crown of the helmet, which as a defensive guy, you're flying up or down the field or across the field – You're already into how you're making your tackle, and all of a sudden the offensive player diverts or ducks or moves a certain way, and then all of a sudden the defensive player can't react fast enough and winds up leading with his helmet or hits the other guy in the head, and he's the one responsible. Right. Which, like you said, you're probably asking too much. I didn't see that in this play. I saw the shove after Mahomes was through the giant white part of the sideline before he got pushed in the back. To say that he may have embellished, I don't know that he could feel or sense that the guy was right there running full speed out of bounds, which I think when you're running that fast, and I wouldn't know because I've never run that fast, (laughs) but when you get just an extra little push in the back when you're already going that fast, probably takes you completely out of whatever you're doing. That's fair. Um, my initial reaction was, you dumbass, what are you doing? Of course. Sure. You know, because sure. you re- to me, we, we we talk about restraint and, you know, game situations and how you need to react. The guy's running for the sideline. He's going to get out of bounds. You're not catching him by the time he reaches that. We've seen so many plays, and I get it. It's it's the end of this. You're trying to stop him, like you said. It, you know, the game's on the line. And the circumstances are heightened. That still doesn't give you any excuse to lose your grip on what's happening. That's why they pay you that amount of money to keep your head and realize the situation and not hurt your team.
1: Twenty-two-year-old rookie. I understand. You know, biggest moment of his life. But it, it's a lot. It's a lot to ask. And I, I look. I see it. I see it from both ways. It's just unfortunate that it happened when it happened and it
0: ended up being the end of the game. Totally agree with that. You know, doesn't stop my assessment sure. from. What I thought, but like you, I was like, "Well, that sucks. They're going to kick this, and it's going to be over. That's a that's a shitty way to lose." But you
1: know, that all being said, can you call the two holdings though on the same play that happened? That happened as Mahomes is about to get sacked when
0: these two dudes are getting basically headlocked. And the kickoff,
1: you know, penalty on that too.
0: I I agree. The
1: The refereeing really across the board yesterday was bad, both games. And I read an article about this today, and I couldn't agree more. Can we get these fucking ex-referees off the broadcast? Because that shit is awful. Because they're either going to these guys to tell me what I just saw with my own two eyes, which is blatantly obvious. I don't really need another explanation of it. Or they go to these guys and they provide constant cover for the egregious mistakes that the referees make during the game. I do not, as a fan, want to sit here and listen to some guy in a booth make excuses for these referees. Who's making excuse, Who's making excuses for that kid on the Bengals? Nobody. Nobody. Who's making excuses for uh, Joe Burrow throwing two interceptions? Nobody. Why the hell are we making excuses for the referees all the time? I don't get it. Get these guys off the broadcast. Like, I don't know...
0: They think that it adds some. It vol- adds nothing validity. It
1: adds nothing. I think it's actually insulting to the viewer when you see this shit and these referees are sitting there telling you that it's the right call. It's like no, it's not. No, it's not. You've never played a sport if you think that's the right call. <laughs> it's just it's infuriating.
0: Um. So yeah, anything else you want to talk about the AFC? I that's kind of all I wanted to cover with it. But
1: I mean, Patrick Mahomes is a great player. Yes. Um, everybody, I, I've heard a lot of people anoint him today as this playoff god. Um, he fumbled, punted twice, and they got the flag on, on that last play on a drive where he didn't complete a pass. That was his last four possessions in the fourth quarter. So I'm not sure I'm going to give him all the credit for the win. I think the Chiefs got a pretty damn good team, and and the Bengals helped him out a little bit. Um, but he's, he's, he's obviously still a very good player. I still love Joe Burrow. I think that guy is cool as a cucumber. Got the shit beat out of him again. His line sucked again. And that's kind of the thing with Cincinnati this year. Early in the year, their line sucked. They didn't play very well. They were, I think they were 1-3. And, and then their line didn't suck, and they won 10 in a row. And then yesterday, their line sucked, and they got their brains kicked in. <laughs> um, but I think this is a matchup we're going to see for a long time. I agree. You know, I, I really do. I think... You know, I think Buffalo wants to be up there, but I think they're a notch below these two teams. I think these are the two best teams, along with th- with Philadelphia. I think they're the three best teams in football, top to bottom.
0: I saw today that Cincinnati has the fourth or fifth most salary cap space. I want to say it's fourth, and I can't remember who posted it. One of the NFL uh, guys. And I think the the assumption was that as soon as the off season hits, the Bengals are going to go spend a lot of money on offensive linemen. Because Joe Burrow's getting his ass kicked in games that are counting for yeah. a lot. Yeah. That The line, the line's just not good. And he's too good and too valuable to
1: that franchise. I mean, look at the franchise. Look at the, 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 the fucking bungles. I mean, granted, they made a Super Bowl when we were kids when they had Boomer. But other yep. than that, they were trash for 30 years. Yep. They had that little mini run with Dalton and Marvin Lewis where they kept getting beat in the first round all the time. But, I mean, this dude along with Jamar Chase and if they can afford to keep T Higgins I mean that's a hell of a trio to to go forward with I so agree. yeah you got to you got to spend some money on the listen I have preached that all year with my bears <laughs>
0: like get some damn linemen for yep. these guys so game opened as a pickem um and then after a while Philly is now installed as a 2 point favorite uh, at least that's what i saw earlier And where is the I super played. bowl this year you got me
1: i don't even remember is it Miami? I don't know.
0: I'm going to have to look that up. Um, yeah.
1: Well, the new salary cap came out today. Okay. $224 million. I think it's up like $16 million, okay. I think they said. The Bears have the most cap space now. They have $91 million. Oh, my God. Um, so between that and the draft, there's no reason this team shouldn't probably compete for a playoff spot. Considering now there's seven teams, you would think. You would think. Glendale, okay. Um, I, but I, I, had this one. Okay, so the cap goes up. You got 16 more million dollars to spend. Does that do anything with the Rodgers trade scenario? Does that Does that affect anything? I
0: don't think so. Because what did I see today? Uh, the story today that Schefter reported was that the Packers were 16 million heading into the year over the cap. Now I don't know if now that's been adjusted. Now there are they even? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. The but the list of impending free agents, and I thought this was interesting that that Schefter linked because that that news came out when the games were in progress about you know Packers would prefer to move on. Rogers knows this, mm-hmm. but then Schefter also included a list of free agents that are also Rogers buddies: right. Cobb, Lazard, Tanyan. Uh, Mercedes. Right? Uh, no, is locked oh, no, up for yeah, a while. He is, yeah, you're right. Crosby. Um, you know a bunch of the and I'm and I just kind of looked at that list and I'm like, huh, this whole thing seems prime for a complete overhaul. Trade Rodgers. Don't resign any of those guys. Give it to Love, and away we go with something new. It it just seemed a little per- too packaged perfectly for me. Sure, you know what I mean. Sure, but uh, no. To answer your question, I don't know. Now, whether a lot of teams, that's adjusted for what came okay. out today. So, um, some NFL notes. I sent a text of apology to my brother-in-law, who's a Cowboys fan, after Kellen Moore got fired and then the report came out that Mike McCarthy's going to call the plays for oh, is he? for the Cowboys. I read, I read that immediately, like, I'm sorry. He didn't respond. Well. Whatever. And then Kellen Moore snapped up by the Chargers immediately. Yep, yep. I,
1: I mean, I don't know that Kellen Moore is some offensive savant or not. I, I don't think so, but apparently people seem to like him. ex packer coach Joe Philbin was also let go, I saw. Oh, I didn't see that. Yep, um, from the Cowboys staff. They fired a bunch of guys. Yeah, they did. Um, they kept Quinn. It's interesting. Well, yeah, because their defense was pretty freaking good. The McCarthy in Dallas thing has been interesting. Did you hear his comment the other day where he, he said that Jerry Jones told him that he wants McCarthy to coach the Cowboys as long as Landry?
0: What? No, I didn't hear What? It's like,
1: what? How many Landry coached the Cowboys for, like, 30 years? He went to, like, three Super Bowls and yeah. multiple NFL championship games. Like, what are you talking McCarthy's about? He's
0: going to die. Well, Jerry Jones gonna is going to die. While. Maybe he'll put it in his will. The Mike McCarthy's coach for how long he wants to be. I guess
1: the the Jerry Jones Mike McCarthy love affair. It, it's gotta be because McCarthy is just fine with Jerry Jones doing whatever yeah. he wants to do. Just say, yeah, you just let me know. I'll just I'll handle it. He's just got to be fine with it. Maybe, you know, because anybody that's ever pushed back on Jerry Jones, they just haven't lasted. Correct. Jimmy Johnson, Parcells, Switzer, Switzer. Like, yeah, they just didn't last. They had success, but they didn't last. And then you get guys who sucked, like Jason Garrett, you couldn't get rid of the guy. <laughs> and apparently McCarthy's 2.0 of that. So, uh,
0: you got me. Uh, anything else in the NFL? No, no. All I right. think that does it. Do All you right. do you, are,
1: do you have a Well, I guess we don't have to pick yet. Do the Super Bowl. I still got my Chiefs alive. Yes. Even though I was I was cheering for the Bengals yesterday. I was, so was ho- I. I was going Bengals Niners. I wanted to see a rematch oh, no. of Super Bowl 23. Where uh, Joe Montana saw John Candy in the stands before he led the uh, the game winning touchdown drive. So that I was was rooting, what I was hoping for. I was for. rooting
0: for Eagles, Bengals, and I thought Chiefs and Niners would win. So okay. I got I, I got half.
1: Yeah, I just can never cheer for a Philadelphia team of any sort. It's impossible.
0: <laughs> um, all right, let's move to the NBA. Um, Bucks played yesterday. Uh, the I saw the Pelicans were missing their top three scores. Didn't have any problems. Giannis had fifty, um, and then before that, uh, they went to Indiana and played the Pacers, and they beat them down there. And then they got a win over the Nuggets. And then before that, a hundred and fifty points in Detroit. Mm-hmm. I thought that was I thought that was an All Star score when I looked at it.
1: Well, Detroit's bad.
0: <laughs> they're the worst they're the team worst, the worst
1: team in the East. So that that was not. I mean the the amount of points was a little jarring, but not the outcome—a twenty-point win. You know they played Denver. Uh, no Jokic. Yeah, no Jokic. No Jamal Murray. No Michael Porter Jr. Um, disappointing. I would have liked to have seen Jokic and Giannis mm-hmm. match up,
0: but that was a back-to-back for Denver. Yeah. So, so so Jokic rested.
1: Yeah, and that's that's a discussion for another day. Oh, but, oh
0: you know, load
1: management. Yeah. Your favorite. Um. Indiana didn't have Halliburton. Bucks, what did they drop? 85 in the first half mm-hmm. of that one on Saturday because we were watching yep, it were. while we were calling the high school game. And then uh, the Bucks kind of let them back in the game, but it was just too big of a hill to climb. And then, yeah, last night, I mean, I watched that game last night, and in the first quarter, Giannis goes like, layup, dunk on somebody's head, layup, layup, ridiculous dunk, Dunk, layup, dunk. That was like his first quarter. He had, he had 20, I think, in the first quarter. It was just like, holy shit, here we go again. Ends up with 50. Um, so, the, you know, the Bucks win win four in a row. I wouldn't say they really have an impressive win in here, because even last night with New Orleans, no Zion, no Brandon Ingram, no C.J. McCollum. So the Bucks are catching some teams with some guys yep. down, but... I have no sympathy for that because the Bucks played the first 45 games of the season with guys down. Yes. So what goes around comes around. you got to take advantage of these soft portions of your schedule, especially when the majority of them are at home. you got to get these wins, which is what they've been able to so do.
0: That all these guys have been hurt in the first half of the season before the All-Star break. I mean, there, there's been a lot of guys hurt or resting for a lot of It's It just seems like we hear a lot of
1: it. Well, like with Denver, uh, Jamal Murray's coming off an ACL. So, I get it. Michael Porter Jr. is one of these guys that, like, he's got, like, a chronically bad back. So, every couple weeks, he just can't play. The Jokic thing, you know, back-to-back, whatever. The guy has never sprinted in his life. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he's, I love watching him. He's great. He's, he's an awesome player. But it's not like he's sprinting up and down the court and shit. There's some high flyer. Um, you know, Zion doesn't play. He's always hurt. Brandon Ingram's been hurt a good portion of the year and McCollum I think was a back-to-back thing as well. So I don't know. It, it, unfortunately, it just is what it is right now in the NBA. Um this week the Bucks got the Hornets uh at home tomorrow in what I hope is a revenge game because they got slaughtered by these guys a couple weeks ago. I Charlotte that. sucks. Yes. So hopefully that's a get back game. Then Thursday you got the Clippers in Milwaukee which if all the Clippers play Will be a really fun and entertaining game. But again, nobody ever knows when the hell Kawhi Leonard is going to play. And then Saturday, you got Miami at home as well. And uh, they took two from the Bucks a couple weeks ago when the Bucs sat everybody out. So this is an opportunity. The Bucks could be, you know, if you can get through this week clean, you're looking at a nice seven game win streak. So, but 33 14 and 4, 41 12 and 6, 50 13 and 4. Those are Giannis's last three games, points, rebounds, and assists. That's not bad. That's not bad. So he's playing well. Good to see Middleton back this these last four games. Slowly getting his rhythm back. Um, has played okay for the most part. Shot the ball really well. I think he had like 17 points in like 12 minutes against the Pacers the other night. Uh, but coming off the bench, playing about 15, 16 minutes a game, which... Uh, is probably a good thing just to kind of let him ease back into the season. Unfortunately, Murphy's fucking law, as soon as Middleton comes back in the Detroit Murphy, game in oh, a blowout, done, yeah. some asswipe rolls up into the back of Bobby Portis's knee and sprains his MCL. I'm like, are you kidding me? It happened. Ingles came back. Middleton went out again. Middleton comes back. Now Portis is out. Hopefully it's only for, they said, two weeks. Hopefully it's nothing more than that. Ugh, the injury stuff with the bucks this year has been very frustrating <laughs> so then the ninth February 9th trade deadline okay and as we've been talking about it feels like the whole year mm-hmm. um more Jay Crowder stuff to the bucks came out today the bucks have now been granted permission to talk to Crowder which is interesting so that leads me to believe that they feel they're close but before they pull the trigger they want to find out where he is how ready is he to play is he going to accept the role that he's going to be given and is he expecting some kind of an extension cuz i think he's i he's 30 30 31 um it came out that allegedly the bucks standing offer is jordan Wara, george hill sergi baka and second-round picks. They didn't say how many. On its face... Crowder's 32. He's 32, okay. On its face, that kind of sounds like a lot for Jay Crowder, right? Until you remember... To an
0: unschooled person like yeah. me, yes.
1: Okay. Ibaka hasn't played in a month and doesn't even want to be on the team anymore. Correct. George Hill is completely washed up and barely ever plays and didn't even want to play this year until the Bucks asked him to come back. And Jordan Wara, who... I was pulling for you, man, but you got a lot of opportunities early in the season when all these guys were down and you didn't do much with it.
0: And you're not going to get anything for your second-round pick. Because
1: you're going to be in the late 50s, most likely. Right. So if this was the deal, I'm all for
0: it. You're not giving up that much So guess, when when you look at it that if, way. If I get Jay
1: Crowder and I get to keep Grayson Allen, I like that. Now, as we're sitting here, I see a bleacher report thing come across my phone. Oh, boy. And it says that the Suns, come on, (laughs) love the internet, let's go. (laughs) Jesus Christ. It says the Suns don't want Grayson Allen and would prefer something else. This is according to ESPN. So I guess that falls in line with the offer of Wara, Hillybaka, and Picks. I don't know why the hell the Suns would want that over Allen. So we'll see, but I think barring something extremely unforeseen, we're in the next 10 days, we're going to see Jay Crowder in a Buck uniform. Okay. And I think that's going to be their big roster move. The other reason I like this is because right now the Bucks are up against it with uh, roster spots. They have no open spots. By making a deal where you're sending out three guys and getting one back, now you have two roster spots, and the NBA is kind of famous for buyout guys so you know if a team decides you know hey Russell Westbrook we don't really want to pay you the rest of your 40 million here and we're not going to make the playoffs and LeBron hates you here's 20 million to go away now he's a free agent and the Bucks would be a team not not that that would happen with Westbrook I'm just, just using it as, say, an, as an example but I, I don't know much but I do I can't picture that well, stranger <laughs> things but I don't know, man. I mean the Bucks are in a pretty good spot right now. They're tied with Philly for the second seed, still two and a half behind the Celtics. And Philadelphia's been on fire. But I looked at their schedule and they've really they haven't played. They kind of been playing the dregs of the league lately. Um but I I, I like where the Bucs are at. I like where they're headed. I like it's it's been nice to be able to see everybody for the most part, other than Bobby, back on the floor. And uh, you know, hopefully Middleton can just keep going in the right direction because he's mm-hmm. looking pretty good when he's been back. For so. sure.
0: All right, uh, other news from the NBA as far as Bucs uh, are related. Uh, Giannis is an all-star game captain uh, along with LeBron. He's also voted as a starter, which breaks the franchise record that was held by Kareem. Uh, there's not going to be any TV special where they pick the, the rest of their players. Um, no. Th- that's going to happen just before tip-off on the floor. So it's basically like Playground. You all line up, and you point to who you want, and they walk over to your side, right? It sounds good in theory. Okay. It will be...
1: Horrendous. Bad television. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, it's okay. going to be bad television. Why? Um, Because... I, I, I just... I don't think it's going to move quickly. No. I think it's going to be... LeBron drafting his buddies and Giannis drafting the foreign guys. Um, And I think it's going to be uncomfortable when you get down to the last couple of players. I I just don't think it's that interesting to watch. I I think the whole picking your team thing is kind of overrated. I mean, just go east-west. Whatever. Or, Or if you're going to do it that way. Just let the fans vote in the 10 best players. Why are we even worried about position? Like, Joel Embiid not being a starter is kind of silly. He's, like, the fourth best guy in the NBA, but he can't start because he's in the same conference as Giannis and Durant. Like, it's kind of dumb. Like, you know, if we're really worried, I'm not worried about it. If you make the All-Star team, who gives a shit if you start or not? I I think, but some people are worried about it. I I don't know. Okay. I, I mean, listen, Giannis... Embiid, Jokic, and Luka on the same team out on the floor at the same time. I'm not sure that's a great all-star lineup, but it'd be fun. You know, it'd be fun. Because <laughs> LeBron, LeBron's going to try to be like the cool uncle, and he's going to try to take Ja, and he's going to take Tatum. He's going to take all the cool young guys. And Giannis is going to take those guys.
0: Who's the the dipshit for Atlanta? Is he going to take Trey that? Young? Yeah.
1: Well, I don't think he's going to make the team.
0: Okay. So... All right. Interesting.
1: Did you happen to see the embarrassing childlike temper tantrum that Laflop threw (laughs) on Saturday night? I was waiting
0: for you to jump on it.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Now, I saw. He got fouled. I, and, and I saw him jump around like a crazed maniac and make a fool out of himself. Did you see him look up at the Jumbo trying to make sure the camera was on him while he was still doing it? I did not. I yep. didn't notice that, yep. but but you're more of a LeBron. Well, Savant. I didn't
1: catch it. The internet
0: did. I just uh, saw it. Okay. What I did find funny about the whole thing, was it Patrick Beverly? Yeah. Who took the camera to show the ref and immediately got teed up for but it. But I don't know why you take a still camera. It's just what was there. And somebody had the exact point of, like, the file fo- or whatever. And just just the, the calm demeanor of the somebody he walked over and just kind of put it in front of the ref's face. And the ref was like, what's going Wait a minute. What the fuck? You're, 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 you're teed up. I thought that was funny just from a creative. Because everybody kept their cool. And Beverly just, like, turned to walk and walked away. Like, whatever. That's fine. I'm just showing you 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 messed that up. But the LeBron part of it was just, I'm like, Really? You look like a child, a giant child. That's what I, and I, I'm not a basketball fan. You don't have to be. But you I gotta, the sport has nothing to do with it. It it looked,
1: If a tennis player did that, if a football bad. player
0: did that. Oh, plenty of tennis players. I mean, not like that. like that. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, McEnroe maybe, but that's, but it's like, I hate Boston. And obviously the Bucks are chasing them for the one seed. I was so happy that that happened to the Lakers in Boston Garden because of the rivalry. Um he got fouled. He also traveled. He caught he picked the ball up. He took 3 steps, which is a travel. And then he got fouled. So, similar to like the the Bengal Chief thing, you missed the first one. In the Bengal game, they got the right one on the second one. In the Boston one, they missed the second one as well. I just, you know, when I saw that, I just thought to myself, I can't see Bill Russell, Dr. J,
0: oh my god, Magic
1: Bird, Jordan, Kobe.
0: Nobody acts I, like I that. I can't see
1: him doing that. Tim no. Duncan, Barkley, maybe Barkley. But he's not on that level. He's not on that level. I'm talking about, like, the 15 greatest players of all time. I can't see one of them doing that. Shaq? No. I I just... That was so over the top. And then he says in the locker room after the game, basically, that he's getting picked on. That he watches games and the, the only people that this happens to are him and the Lakers. Like... First of all, the Lakers collectively, that team with him and Beverly and Westbrook, they're the biggest collection of crybabies ever, ever. I mean, why shouldn't Golden State is very, very famous for being crybabies. This team's right there with the Lakers. But people have been running cover for LeBron for his violations during games for 20 years, and he's going to sit there and say that the NBA referees are trying to screw him? Come on. You just, you're embarrassing yourself. You're embarrassing yourself. You're supposed to be an ambassador for the league. They missed it. They missed 12 other calls that game. You still could have won it in overtime, but you didn't. I, I don't know what to tell you, man. Sorry. <laughs> but, you know,
0: La drama Queen, once again. I, I want to see how, before the end of the season, how many different names you can come up for him. La douche. <laughs> there's, there's three in the last three minutes. Well, get ready because
1: I'm going to be throwing up all week because this is the week he's probably going to break Kareem's record, and uh. it's just going to be a slob fest. I turned that game on at halftime today, or on on Saturday, and like Jalen Rose should have been wearing a bib <laughs> while he was talking about LeBron. He's talking about him being a father and a philanthropist and an entrepreneur, and I'm like, what the hell does that have to do with the game tonight?
0: All we do anymore is just wax poetic and it's shine just like, and, and then they blow to, smoke.
1: And then you know, and then they had to have him and Stephen A. Smith talking about the Memphis cops. Oh. I'm like, it's a basketball game. There we go. It's not CNN. That's
0: what we're doing. That's- and
1: then, as soon as the game yesterday, as soon as the Chiefs game ended, I go on Twitter. And what is he has much more to talk I know, about. But that was we a good, haven't even gotten to the fun part That yet. was a
0: good I know. I'm going to let you I'm going to put I'm probably just going to put the microphone down <laughs> and let you go because you were you said you were going to be ready for this. So, uh now we move on to college basketball. I tell you what, let's let's get Marquette on yeah, Purdue yeah. and everything yep. else out of the way. We'll we'll end with the with the Badger stuff. So, Marquette's now tied in the Big East for first with Xavier because and, they... And Providence. Oh, and Providence. Yep. They're all 9-2. All and two. They left that out of the article that I read this morning. Yep. So they kicked the shit out of DePaul on Saturday, and Kolick was one rebound away from a triple-double. Um, David Joplin threw in eight threes, and so Marquette is... And they're up to 14th in the AP, so they are having a really, really good season, and from what everybody picked them to be are overachieving, uh, you know,
1: unbelievably. Yeah, I think they had them in the bottom three of the Big East
0: preseason. Yes.
1: Yeah, so Xavier beat Marquette by, like, four. Providence beat Marquette by two. Marquette beat Providence the second time. And I'm not sure about Providence and Xavier. I'm not sure who's won there. So those three teams are kind of vying for it. And you got Creighton, who I think they were, like, Sixth in the country at one point early in the year, and then they lost like eight in a row, and now they're kind of on the, getting their second win, and and they're moving up the ranks as well in the Big East. But nice to get a win down at DePaul. Huge Marquette contingent went down there on Saturday for that game. It's been a tough place for Marquette to play historically. It's it's a rivalry game, you know. People, you know, people don't necessarily think about DePaul. As being a basketball school, but back in the day, like back in the 70s and 80s, they were big time. When Marquette was great, DePaul was great. And those two, and Marquette and Notre Dame, those were huge private school rivalries in their day. And that's kind of really never left. That's why sometimes DePaul beat Marquette, and you're like, how the hell did DePaul beat that team? But it's like, it's a rivalry game, man. It's just, shit happens. Um, Joplin was unconscious. He's been... Really good this year uh, from downtown. Like you said, he had 8 out of 11 threes for 28 points. Tyler Kolick, 24, 10, and 9. That dude is like one of the most fun college basketball players I've watched in a long time. Because there's nothing flashy. He's just a, he's an old school point guard. Which I love. I mean, his number one mission in life is to get you a shot. And... Because teams have recognized that, they've kind of forced him to score a little bit more. And he's been able to do that this year better than last year. But just a fun kid to watch. This Marquette team has really been entertaining this year. They keep getting better. You know, I, I think they have a chance to make a decent run. I don't know if they'll make the Final Four. You never know that kind of stuff. Depends on the draw and, and things of that nature. But this has been a fun year. And I really think next year... Barring any kind of a late collapse here, I think Marquette's going to be a preseason top 10 team next year. Wow. They're going to, they got everybody back. They got no seniors. So if everybody comes back, they don't transfer. Right. Or jump. Nobody will jump. They don't have anybody. Okay. That's, that's ready to make that leap to the pros. But this week, two home games Villanova Wednesday, Butler Saturday. Both very winnable games. Um, So, yeah, hopefully the beat goes on and and they keep doing their thing.
0: All right. Um, We'll talk about Purdue after the Badger stuff because that's uh, that's Big Ten related, I suppose. Billy Packer passed away. Um, I mean, I can remember him from the early days when I actually was, you know, really into college basketball. And by the time I started to figure out a lot about announcers, he was kind of at the tail end of his career where he just seemed like a giant curmudgeon. And I don't know whether that was his shtick the entire time, but... It's really the only thing that I remember was like Billy Packard just seems grumpy, all the time, and I don't know whether that was true for the entirety. You would know more than I would.
1: Uh, I mean, you know, we're the same age, so I mean, style? I think it was kind of just his style. I think Jim Nance said yesterday because they brought it up on the on the broadcast. I think he said he worked thirty four Final Fours. Yes. Yeah, I remember that, like from, that. I remember that from the article. I thought that's what it was, thirty four. Um, so yeah, I mean. You know, when we were real young, like late '80s, early '90s, um, it was Dick Enberg, Billy Packer, Al McGuire, famous Marquette coach. That was the that was the broadcast trio for like the big Saturday ABC games. Um, and then they all moved. You know, uh, Packer and Al moved to CBS, and then Packer and Jim Nance were. That was the final four, and you know wherever like Duke. Or North Carolina whatever region they were in that's where they would send Nance and Packer kind of like they do now with you know Nance and uh, uh Grant Hill or, or um, Raffery whichever one he's paired with so yeah sad I mean 85 years old though I mean lived a long good yep. life but yeah he was kind of the last one of the last guys from that era mm-hmm. you know because is, is enberg still alive or is he dead I think so but I think he's retired right that sounds right because I know last he was doing like Padres baseball. Okay. Um, but yeah, there ain't there ain't many of those guys from those the seventies eighties era running around anymore. Enberg maybe and Musburger. I I don't think there's too many.
0: <laughs> All right, let's go to the Badgers who lost their third in a row on Saturday against Illinois. They dropped another game against Maryland off a quick turnaround from the postponed Northwestern game. So Monday, Wednesday, and then Saturday, three losses by Wisconsin, and now the games this week they play Northwestern again at the end of the weekend on Sunday, and that's after a trip to Columbus to play Ohio State on Thursday. Who's not good, Ohio State? No,
1: they're bad. They're they got they're like lower in this conference than the Badgers.
0: Really? Yeah. You watch this. This will be an ugly. It'll still be ugly for Wisconsin. So. I'll let you go. Cause you're you were ready to tee this up earlier today. I've had a lot of conversations with Badger fans in the last week
1: because there's been a lot of angst here about this team in the last couple weeks and people are like, What's going on? You know, do we need to get rid of guard? You know, yada yada yada, the style of play, the offense. It's all of it. Unfortunately, Um, you know, I turned that game on the other day and subjected myself (laughs) to watching it because the Marquette game turned into a blowout and the high school games, I don't even, they might not have been on yet on YouTube. Um, So I I watched it and what they score 16 points in the first half.
0: Oh, I watched. Yes.
1: Um, And then, you know, they end up with, with 51 they can't shoot. This team can't shoot. Um, 36% from three, 45% overall, 66% from the line. It's not good. Um, but when you, when you look bigger picture, they've got some issues. And they're kind of similar to the football program, honestly. Um, the roster construction is not good. They They are talent deficient when you look around the, the rest of the Big Ten. Um, Illinois had five guys on the floor that were all better athletes than the five guys the Badgers had on the floor. Same goes for Maryland when I watched that game. Um, so that's an issue. The style of play, I think, is becoming and A lot of people have lamented the Badgers' style of play for years. I think... In the Dick Bennett era, it was warranted. I think for the majority of the Bo era, it was a little overplayed. They didn't; they weren't quite the slow down, stuck in the mud team that everybody kind of made them out to be. But under guard, they've kind of regressed a little bit. I think in that regard, and that also factors into recruiting, because if you look at the roster, it's a lot of guys from. Minnesota and South Dakota. And let's just be honest. You're not pulling top tier athletes out of Minnesota and South Dakota. Even the Wisconsin kids that they have on their roster right now. They're not very good. They're not great athletes. Um, so it's kind of the chicken or the egg thing. Do you? Does the style of play have to change? in order to get better recruits? Do you have to change your recruiting style in order to get better people into your program? Um, I mean, the thing, my my dad brought this up, and it's rare that I give him props for having a good idea. (laughs) But I have to give him props for this. The Badgers currently have four guys on their team that they didn't want. Initially. So Max Klesmet, all state from Nina a couple years ago, would have cut his leg off to be a Badger. They didn't want him. Had to go down to uh, Wofford. Kamari McGee, point guard a couple years ago for Racine St. Cats, played with Tyrese Hunter, who went to Iowa State and famously destroyed the Badgers last year. Badgers didn't want him. He ended up going to Green Bay. Isaac Lindsay from Mineral Point. Badgers didn't want him. Went to UNLV. Jordan Davis. Badgers didn't want him, but they had to get him because he came with his brother, Johnny Davis. So now all those guys are on your team, and you didn't even want... They weren't good enough. Three of them weren't good enough for you out of high school for you to even want them. They would have all gladly gone there. You didn't want them. Now you're telling me, the fan... Oh yeah, these guys are Big Ten guys. No, they're not. Klesmet, maybe. Maybe. Poor man's Brad Davison, maybe. Lindsay and McGee, nah, man. Those guys are Horizon League level players. Kamari McGee's probably uh D two or D three level player, truthfully. Um you know, and, and the Jordan Davis thing, I mean, he's just that guy's not a division one basketball player. He's just not. What does he do? I you know, and I I have people that I work with and I have some friends and and I was texting back with with John Barry. I get all of the I went to Madison, I'm a fan, they're my team, I grew up here, I've you know, my my grandpa and my dad were Badger fans, I'm a Badger fan. I, I get all of that. But if you tell me that you enjoy watching that team and that style and that brand of basketball you're a liar. If you took the entire Marquette roster, drove them to Madison, put them in Badger jerseys, the fan base would go ballistic. If you took the Badger roster and drove them to Milwaukee and put them in Marquette jerseys, there'd be 9,000 people in the five serve to watch them play. Not 18,000, nine. They're not entertaining.
0: Is that generous too?
1: Yes. No one wants to watch that shit. It's, it's. And I, and I got to imagine it's hard to recruit kids in this era to come in and go, hey, look, guys, we play the sixth slowest pace in the country. Don't you want to come here? Why would anybody want to do that? And at the end of the day, I don't think you can expect this to change as long as Greg Gard's the coach. And I like Greg Gard. He was always nice to me when, when I was young, when I was going to Bo Ryan camps. And when those guys were recruiting me in high school, I had a nice relationship with Guard. I know people that have worked for with him at, at Madison that have, have nothing but good things to say about him. But he's like 56, 57, 58 years old, whatever he is. He spent the last 30 years of his life running the same system, the swing, or a version of the swing. You think now at, at in his late 50s he's just going to say, ah, that's fine. Next year we're gonna press, and we're gonna just run and gun. No, that's not. It's that's like offends his basketball sensibilities. It's like we were talking about before. That'd be like the Badgers football program saying, "Well, let's we're gonna run the pistol." Yeah, we know Graham Mertz is slow as molasses, but we're gonna run the triple option. I was. You can't do that.
0: Just going to say, you know what this sounds like? What just happened with the football? Press. Yes. Yeah and I brought this up last week in a commentary, Was I, it was like, well, maybe we're now getting to the point where this thing is stagnant, and Chris McIntosh goes and says, let's have a meeting. Mm-hmm. And he says, what you're doing has been good. It's not good anymore. And we're failing in recruiting. We need you to change things up and be a little bit more progressive and maybe a la Paul Christ, Greg Gard says, "I'm not going to do that. This is what I know how to do. This is what I believe in. These are the kinds of players that I need for my system." And maybe Macintosh says, "Well, that's not going to cut it here now." Right. Right. So thank you for all your service. We're just going to have to go in a different direction.
1: Because the the guard defenders will do the same thing that the Kristen Leonard defenders were doing, which is point to, well, we won the Big Ten, and we've made two sweet 16s, and we make the tournament every year. And it's like, that's fine, but you've plateaued. You've plateaued as a program. I mean, the the back-to-back Final Fours might as well have not even happened other than your memory of the good times that you had, but in terms of building the program, they might as well have not even happened. You know what they parlayed that into? Khalil Iverson, Brevin Pritzel, and Dimitri Trice. That's what you parlayed your recruiting into the two years after you made the Final Four. Ethan Happ was already
0: in the program. Usually when that happens... It brings more attention and interest to your program for higher-level athletes Yes, that want to play for I mean, you.
1: the only other example that I could think of this happening was, like, with Butler. Remember when Butler made back-to-back mm-hmm. championship yes. games? But Brad Stevens left, and that whole thing kind of was just a house of cards anyway. Like, that was, like, a super-fast rise, and then he left, and then they just crumbled down. The Badgers had been good for a while, had been building toward the Final Four, mm-hmm. finally get to the national championship game, have the player of the year in the country, have two guys get drafted in the first round, and they turn that into three mediocre Big Ten players. That's disappointing, man. That's disappointing. And, and when you look around and you see all these guys from the state of Wisconsin that are not going there, you couldn't get Jalen Johnson. Couldn't get Patrick Baldwin, and I understand his dad was the coach at UWM, but you still didn't get him. You couldn't get Hunter, who went to Iowa State and is now the starting point guard at Texas. You had Storm Murphy five minutes up the road from you who went down to Wofford and had an excellent career. So there are a lot of guys locally that you're not getting, and the guys you are getting, Kobe King, What'd you get? I mean, really, the Johnny Davis thing. What was he good for? Twenty games. He sucked as a freshman. He had like twenty good games last year. Then he sucked down the stretch. That's it. I mean, that's kind of the Greg Gard regime of recruiting. It's it's not been good. And you know, I don't know if the, you know, do you blame Guard? Well, Guard was recruiting for Bo. So are the people working for Guard shitty?
0: Or is are we the guard running a shittier version of what? Bo are did? we way
1: too reliant on Joe Krabbenoff to go find the next polar bear in Bismarck, South Dakota?
0: I mean, <laughs> seriously, I
1: know because that's what John keeps saying. John Barry keeps ragging about the recruiting, and he's not wrong. But it's like, yeah, but where are you going to? You you can't get into somebody's right. house in Florida. How are you going
0: to turn the corner with right. what's happening right yes, now?
1: You got to be able to get in. the You can. I don't give a shit what your pitch is. You got to get the door and your program and the way you play doesn't get you in these doors. And, you know, they Pat Badger fans always like to fall back on. Well, we couldn't get in anyway. That's why we didn't get Vander blue. Well, sorry. That's part of the deal, man. It's your problem. Right. If you can't get people in. You know, there's always going to be somebody there that will take them. Tom Isla will find a way to get him in. Jawan Howard will find a way to get him in. Shaka Smart will find a way to get him in. So, I don't know. I mean, possible replacements.
0: That's what I was going to say. So, let's say this happens and it's it's the Chris 2.0 thing with the basketball team. Who are you bringing in?
1: There's two guys that I would call immediately if I was McIntosh. They would be my first two calls and I wouldn't talk to anybody else until I heard back from these two guys in in no particular order. Nate Oates at Alabama, he's got Wisconsin roots. He's from here, coached here. He coached me for a couple years at Whitewater. And T.J. Otzelberger from Iowa State, who also played with me at Whitewater, is from Milwaukee and has done very, very, very well recruiting Wisconsin, getting Tyrese Halliburton, another guy the Badgers couldn't get or didn't want, who's going to be a fucking all-star for the Pacers this year in his third year in the league. He went to Iowa State. Tyrese Hunter went to Iowa Iowa
0: State. I mean, I can't even believe that.
1: But those would be the two guys. And I don't know if I would leave if I were Oates.
0: I was going to say.
1: It's Alabama. You probably can do about anything you want to do down there, and you got a monster Talent base in the south, so I don't know if he'd leave. Otzelberger's wife played at Iowa State, and I think she's from Iowa, so I don't know if if he would leave there. He would obviously need to get her blessing on that, but those would be my two first calls. You know.
0: All right, I'll snip this out of the podcast and send it to McIntosh. Yeah. see if if i get any response on that yeah well it was very good very well thought out very well articulated and i'm sure john barry's gonna refute all of it
1: no i think he's pretty pretty spot on ian or somebody will probably refute all of it because they can't take their fanboy hat off long enough to see the forest through the trees but if you're honest with yourself this the game's changed I mean, we see it at the high school level. Yep. Obviously, everybody sees it at the professional level. You know, throwing the ball into Tyler Wall and Stephen Crawl and letting them dribble bump a guy down five times and then shoot a contested jump hook. What the hell are you? Who? What do you think you're going to do with that?
0: Good question. It's a good question. Um, anybody in the Big Ten any good outside of Purdue? It doesn't seem
1: like it. Is Indiana might be okay. I watched that Purdue Michigan State game yesterday because it was on before football. Um, Purdue's really good, and that big fucker—that's just not fair. <laughs> like they were just throwing the ball to the top of the square, and he would just go catch it and dunk it. I mean, I don't know who. The, he can only play like twenty minutes a game, I think, because he's so damn big, and he and he must have no conditioning.
0: But how can you when you're that? Now, like you can run all the all the back and forth, up down, like all the line sprints that you want. I, I'm not sure that it matters. I don't when- know. Vlade
1: was that. Vlade, no? Vlade smoked two packs a day and was getting up and down the court back okay. in the day. But but no, this Purdue's really good. They they got a chance to win the national championship, but um, it's just crazy that they weren't even ranked preseason,
0: mm-hmm. and they've
1: been number one now for several weeks. Um. Marquette had him too. Marquette had him at, at Purdue, and they had him beat, and they they couldn't close it out. And that Badger loss ain't looking too good for Marquette either at this. No, at this not time. right now. Mm-mm. That was like the one game the Badgers shot out of their mind. Yeah, but
0: all right. Um, brief, briefly, some baseball Hall of Fame Scott Rowland.
1: Yeah. Okay. Great. The, okay. Moving the, the, on. The seventeenth best third no. baseman I've ever seen in my life. Yep. I you mean, know, are you kidding me with this? It's the Hall of Good. It's not the Hall of Fame.
0: I've You had mentioned that right away. I think we were – where were we? We were talking – maybe we were on a road trip and some, we were talking about that. But then immediately – and some one of my – oh, the guy that we went golf with, Spencer, who's a huge baseball fan, he immediately just went off about the whole thing and and basically called it the Hall of Good. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, here, I'm going to read you who was on the Hall of Fame yep. ballot and and – I know. Let's just see who okay. we think should be out. Sure. Bobby Abreu, no. Bronson Arroyo, no. Carlos Beltran, no. Mark Burley, no. Matt Cain, no. R.A. Dickey, no. No. Jacoby Ellsbury, no. no. Andre Ethier, no. J.J. No. Hardy, Hall of I'll Bang Your Girlfriend, but not Hall of Fame for baseball. Todd Helton, no. <laughs> Tori Hunter, no. Andrew Jones, I liked him a lot, but no. Jeff Kent, borderline. John Lackey, no. Mike Napoli, no. Johnny Peralta, no. Andy Pettit, Eh, borderline.
0: You could convince me.
1: You could convince me. Manny Ramirez, yeah. I don't care that he took estrogen. Yeah, he should be in the Hall of Fame. The guy was awesome. Alex Rodriguez, yeah. yeah. I hate his guts. He's the most insecure, unauthentic athlete maybe ever.
0: Good baseball player. Guys has got like
1: 700 homers. Put yep. him in the Hall of Fame. Yep. K-Rod. No. Roland. Probably not. Jimmy Rollins. I would actually have Jimmy Rollins in ahead of Roland. Myself. Sheffield.
0: Yeah. Borderline. You could talk me into you it. You could
1: talk me into it, but then you could also talk me yeah, out of right. it. Uh, Houston Street. Nope. Omar Vizquel. No. Billy Wagner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think Billy Wagner should have got in. One of the best uh, closing pitchers yep. of the last twenty five years, Jared Weaver and Jason Worth. No, that's not really a great collection of guys to pick from. No, but the best players don't make it, and these mediocre guys keep getting in because your brethren in the media <laughs> want to play fucking gatekeeper with the Hall of Fame, and they must have some serious, serious like survivors' guilt with the steroid era but it, it has to be because these are all the same people voting to not put these guys in that yep. were the ones in the locker room looking the other way while those guys had giant jugs of GNC shit in their locker. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yes, you're right. I was telling a guy at work, I'm like, he's like, you, you really care about this. I go, yeah, I'm about the only one I go. I don't have any friends. I think they'd even give a shit, <laughs> but I, I, for some reason I just care. I don't know why.
0: I don't know if that's,
1: I don't know if that so says that, more about me or right, everybody else. Exactly, that's what I was going to
0: say. All right, um, you have any high schools? I mean, it's a, we're getting into February. We're going to change the calendar. we got a couple of weeks left in the regular season, and it's playoff time. You and I always like that. Um, it's not a lot of great things to report on. The good part is we've looked at the sectionals, and everything is wide open pretty much for everybody that can win a couple games.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think um... – you know, the Craig girls should win, a, win two, and then they'll... Maybe. Maybe. They, there's the, the the two seed we don't know much about, the one seed we saw last year, yep. and they throttled Craig and would probably throttle him again. Um, you know, Parker girls, they got their, what, third win of the year the other yep. night, um, so they're probably not going to do much.
0: Still got to play Madison West and Beloit Memorial so they could get to five wins, maybe mm-hmm. six if they upset somebody else. Yep. And then uh, Craig boys...
1: They're not bad, you know. They're um, they're doing all right. I think they're like third or fourth in the Big Eight. Mm-hmm. Parker Parker boys started out well. I think they've lost ten of eleven, nine of ten, something like that.
0: So it was one of those, yeah.
1: So you know, not um, sure the the boys sectional is the weakest I've ever seen for. Well, I shouldn't say ever. There was that time, like when Michael, your cousin Michael, was in high school, when like Fort Fort and Milton and like some of these little dinky schools were in the same sectional. So it's probably not that weak, but this is pretty weak. Like the best team we're looking at is Muskego. Yep, they're not even. They don't. There's not ranked. There's no ranked team even in the sectional. And then there's another sectional that has eight teams that are ranked.
0: The top ten. It's just
1: a mess. So Craig, honestly, they could get beat in their first game, or they could make state.
0: On it, they could
1: so i guess we got that to look forward to yes which, which is nice but
0: which, i i mean i was like i was making like making runs at, at tournaments mm-hmm. especially when you get to the sectionals you play in a neutral court because the environment is just so much better yeah
1: yeah you we know. saw that last year we went and did that milton game
0: yep you know that was fun yes no no that and that was and you get to travel and you know two different fan bases everybody's kind of like this is awkward because it's not our gym but it's still cool And they usually pack the stands. It's usually the the most packed that we see it all year, no matter if it's for a rivalry game or not. People just don't show up for regular season stuff. So, um, so we'll see. We got a non-conference game against uh, Craig Boys and Elkhorn, and then Saturday we're going to the new Sun Prairie West, so you you get to see that gym Mm -hmm. for the first time. And then, um, or it's Friday night, and then Saturday afternoon. The girls in Madison West, which could turn into a Verona type situation, which I don't. This will be know. home early, correct? Because that's an <laughs> afternoon game, and I would guarantee you we'll have a running clock. Yeah, yeah. So,
1: so only two weeks left before seeding for the girls, and yep. three weeks for the boys. So we're getting down to the end.
0: Yep, and and you you saw on our Facebook memories today that this is. The yeah, seventh, this, we're in the middle week. of our seventh year.
1: Yep, this week was our seven-year
0: anniversary. Of starting this one. Feels longer. It does.
1: And I don't necessarily mean that, like, in a negative way, but it just well, that's feels... Well, the way it came off earlier it when feels you longer
0: than It does. You know? It does. Well, well you're
1: a you're pessimist. Of
0: course so. I am. And a cynic.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: But it's like, what, so we average, average, what do you think? We've averaged probably... probably around 40 games. 40, 45 games. Yeah. Uh, last year, did we do, like, 51. Last year we did 50. Yeah, that was something a lot. Like that. Yeah, so we're at 40, 45. So six full years of that were probably around, you know, 250. Yeah, plus, we see. What's the half a year we're It's like,
1: unfortunate what? that nobody at your radio station pays attention to anything because they should have known when our 250th was or when our 500th is or something like that.
0: They knew Al did over 1,000, which right now for 36 wow, years seems way light. Different. Because you and I are piece, already at are at a quarter of that and it's only been 7 years.
1: Well, we'd probably I bet I bet we're right around like 230-240 Two s- because I haven't done every game. Right. I probably missed three or four a year. Yeah. You know. So you're obviously you've been at at all but a couple this year but um, we're right in that range, which is a lot of games.
0: A lot. A lot. um Just briefly, to throw in some UW Whitewater stuff as well. They have the three finalists for the football coach uh, interviews are have already taken place, and so now they're putting this in. T- they, it's a public forum or something. I didn't really understand it, and I tried to explain it to you, and you had very never, weird. You had never heard about that, but re- regardless, they're putting them out in front of the the, the public, members of the community, uh, members of the UW Whitewater staff. You can all come in, listen to this guy's pitch, and then ask questions Mm -hmm. at the end. The guy today was really good. Rob Erickson was a defensive coordinator for Whitewater, um, worked with Lance, worked with Bullis. Now he's working at South Dakota State, and they just won their first national championship in Division I uh, FCS, which is kind of like the 1AA kind of thing, the way they call it. And he was in there, and it was 45 minutes of emotion, passion energy you can tell it's going to be way different if he's hired
1: will fcs be in the new college football game
0: it's a great question (laughs) it's the only one i care about (laughs) great question it's true um and then the other one tomorrow on tuesday is i think his name's marcus Uh, i'm gonna get this wrong so i want to make sure that i do actually get it right um thank you to i'm not gonna reveal it's different. Okay, um, let's see. Uh, Marcus McLinn was an uh, All-American D-back at Whitewater for a couple of years, and now he's the defensive coordinator up at Bemidji State. So he's going to come in tomorrow, and then the third one is the current interim coach, Jace Rindle, who is a kick-ass linebacker All-American. He's been the D-coordinator for the last couple of years at Whitewater uh, under Bullis. So those are your three... Uh, finalists, and I don't know when the choice is going to be made, but they're parading them out in front of these public forums one day each week or uh, one each day at the front of this week.
1: Gut feeling? Do you have one on anybody? Man, or?
0: I don't. Erickson today was dynamite, so I am really curious. Coming into this, I would have said Rindle because he's been there. He knows the program. He played for the team. This Erickson guy played at Platteville. Granted, he coached here, but it's just it's a different feel. McLinn played there. Um, I, I, I've never heard of him. I don't know him. I haven't How got old chance. are you? Any idea? I don't, you know, I don't know. Uh, Erickson, I think is our age. Okay. Uh, I think Rindle's a little bit younger. Um, and, and McLean, I honestly don't know. I'll be curious to see what, what he is tomorrow, but man, I don't know what they did in their private interviews with Callahan, the athletic director, but the Erickson put on, a really good presentation today, and spoke very, very cleanly and smoothly and passionately. And I was, I came away really impressed. So I'm really curious to see what what these other two guys do. Um, but and so, so after that, I honestly have no no feeling about that whatsoever. But
1: you know, well, the public forum thing is, it's just it's odd. It's very strange. I mean, you're gonna put a guy in front of a bunch of hay seeds. That are going to come and ask stupid – like, is it – The questions weren't dumb. I know, but they could be.
0: Of course they could. I mean, you should – some of the people in here were were, were the super fans. Yeah. It's just, you know?
1: it's just a bizarre level of access that you're just giving random-ass people.
0: And all the current assistant coaches from the previous regime were all, like, lined up sitting in the back just kind of observing the show. Sure. Because it's weird. They want to know who the potential guys are. That could come in because their jobs are on the line if they decide to hire one of these guys that hasn't been here the last. Hey, coach, few years.
1: why don't you put in that water
0: boy? I mean, that could happen tomorrow. Why don't we run that
1: wishbone?
0: Today. It's just weird. Luckily, it's not to that level, but I understand that it could be. So, <laughs> um, but we, coach and I introduced. He used to Erickson actually used to live in the same neighborhood as O'Leary, mm. so they they were old, not friends, but old acquaintances, and so. That was cool. I introduced, you know, myself as you know we were the radio tandem, so going to do the same tomorrow with, with, with McGlynn. and Rindle. We already we already know, so we don't need any introduction there. But that was uh, that was cool. We saw him and we said good luck and you know, no skin in the game from us. Whoever is best to lead the program doesn't matter, but we'll see. So that's what's out there as well. All right, told you we get ninety minutes out of this somehow. That is the intentional foul for this week. Thank you for listening and uh, downloading. Please subscribe. And if I offended
1: you with my badger rant, sorry about it. Not really, but sorry.
0: Until next time, I'm Josh. I'm Dan.
1: <laughs> I saw. I saw.
0: Well, I'll tell you afterward. That was a funny thing. And go Bucks. <laughs> we'll talk to you next time. All right.